If I get Corona, I get Corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had the strip playing. Two, three months. So we're just out here having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Like, it's really messing up with my spring break. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it? It's really messing up. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. I think it's doing way too much. Doing us bad. We need a refund. This virus ain't that serious. It's serious. It's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty. We need to address that. Yeah, I mean, we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of up in the air if we still go. But like we're here, I just turned 21 this year, so I'm here to party. So it's kind of disappointing, but we're just making the most of it. We met these other people in our little Airbnb spot. So we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes. I mean, it sucks, but we're going to make the best of it. We're enjoying ourselves. It sucks. And I'm from New Orleans, so this really sucks. However, we're going to enjoy ourselves. We're having day parties all day. It's my birthday, St. Patrick's Day. Turn up. We're just trying to roll with the boy. We're just living for the moment. We're just going for, we're just going to do what happens, when it happens. When stuff closes, we're going to do it when it closes. But uh, uh, besides that, we're just trying to have the best trip we can. spring breakers, millennials, and people who haven't been taking COVID-19 seriously. You know, I know that things have been confusing lately. I know the president and others have been downplaying the coronavirus for months, and then suddenly, recently, took a different stance. I know that misinformation has spread like wildfire, and maybe... You know, you didn't know who to trust or what to believe. I know that you likely have never lived through an event that impacts the entire world to the degree this does, so you couldn't truly understand the magnitude. I know that you've lived a largely privileged life up until this point. I know I have which has allowed you to come and go as you please, partake in social issues when they're convenient, and place your own personal desires as top priority. And I know that you haven't been taking the coronavirus and its global impact seriously up until this point. But now, you know better. So now, it's our moral duty it's our civic duty as caring, thoughtful, considerate, and intelligent human beings to do better. It's time to stop downplaying the coronavirus, let go of those disproven beliefs, and do your part. It's time to flatten the curve by acting now. Hi guys, my name is Marquesa, and this is... Conversations with Kesa. So, today's episode is going to be all about flattening the curve. And this is my desperate call to the mostly younger generation who hasn't been paying attention. Um, you know, so some of it I'm going to direct as though I'm talking to those people. Some of it I'm not going to. And you can just decipher what you will. Okay, so let's get into it. What does it mean to flatten the curve? 
Flattening the curve is a phrase used to describe reducing the drastic increase in coronavirus cases in a short amount of time. So the phrase was drafted in reference to a graph representation of the spike in coronavirus cases and how it will overwhelm the healthcare system if it continues. And I mentioned this in my first podcast on the coronavirus. So if you haven't listened to it, go do it. That one's super thorough and it kind of like builds on it. It, it, each of these um, podcasts build on that first one. I'm laughing because it reminds me of when I was in, just a quick little thing here, when I was in math class, I think it was like ge- honors geometry, and I had no business being in that class. Let's be, let's be serious. Anyways, I was in honors geometry, and I was messing around in high school thinking like, I don't need to pay attention to anything because, you know, I can just like finesse my way through like I always have. And that's not the case. It built on itself. So if I like didn't pay attention uh, for a week or for even one lesson, the next lesson like built on it and I was completely lost and it was it made things much more challenging for me. So anyways, this is like that, except it's not the worst. Okay, so. Flattening the curve, right? We're talking about the, dra- the dramatic increase in the coronavirus cases in a super short amount of time. So there was an explanation from Thomas Jefferson University health policy professor Drew Harris. And he explained that while the coronavirus is pervasive, we have the ability to make an impact by flattening the curve, that is by reducing the intensity of cases that are reported in a short amount of time. So in short, if, if people keep contributing to the spread of the virus by continuing to keep in social contact with others and being generally, you know, unsanitary, then the hospitals will become overwhelmed. There won't be enough hospital beds to take care of people. There won't be enough respirators to help people breathe. And that ultimately means a whole slew of things, including doctors being forced to make really tough decisions on whose lives to save. And all of this can be drastically mitigated if we flatten the curve. And I have a graph on my website and I really hope that you guys take the time to look at it because it's super helpful. Even if you're not like a visual learner and you're, you like to listen, it's still really, really helpful. But the way that we reduce the immediate number of coronavirus cases is by practicing social distancing and being hypersanitary. And if we must, for any essential reason, be out of the houses, that's when we are hypersanitary. Um, but if it's not essential, stay home. <laughs> this means not going to parties. This means not meeting with friends for drinks. This means not doing anything social that is non-essential. And all of this means inconveniencing yourself to a degree that, honestly, you may have never had to before. The coronavirus is already pervasive and spreading silently like wildfire. Some studies have estimated that somewhere around 20% of people who spread the virus are asymptomatic and don't know they have it. 
this is a really poignant part. And I'm super frustrated because the neighbor's kid is screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh my gosh. I'm wondering, I'm truly wondering, like when I was that age, was I marching around screaming at the absolute top of my lungs all of the time? Probably. I probably was <laughs> actually. Anyways, let's get back to it. He's going to be screaming in the background. Let's see if I can edit it out. Probably not because I'm not an audio whiz. But anyways, back to vectors. So some studies have estimated that somewhere around 20% of people who spread the virus are asymptomatic. And that means they don't know they have it. They are just simply vectors, spring break, party attending, going about their business per usual, no symptom displaying vectors, passing their coronavirus seed to others unknowingly. So while you may feel personally fine, that's nice for you. Really, it really is. But it doesn't matter at all when it comes to a silently spread and very contagious virus. Italy is a snapshot into our future. You still with me on this? I know I've taken a lot of sidetracks and talked about the neighbor's kid so much, but while it may feel like a great inconvenience not to hang out in person with your friends and have social fun the way you are used to, it could really change the trajectory of where the coronavirus winds up and ultimately, it could really save millions of lives. You could save millions of lives by simply reducing social contact for a while. By simply inconveniencing yourself comparatively very little. And I know, right? Okay, it won't be easy. Uh, when I was in the pinnacle of my adolescence, partying and flitting around like a social butterfly, being out in public and was, you know, the beacon of everything important to me. So I understand the inconvenience factor. And I know, okay, going out to hurricanes in Huntington Beach Taking a bottle to the neck and making out with strangers weekly is very important to you. No shade thrown here, truly. I understand that. But it's time that we step up to the plate and do the right thing by staying our butts at home, period. You can still talk to strangers online, by the way. People do it every day. And some of those people actually get married to those strangers and wind up living very happy lives, falling in love and having beautiful twin children, and that is the story of my cousin and his wife. Anyway, so check out the apps you already have on your phone and get to texting, because people's lives really depend on it. I'm having every malfunction here. The mic just dropped. Mic drop. Okay, but back to Italy. What does Italy have to do with all of this? You know, as it stands now, they are a snapshot into our future. A actually, they are a much better looking snapshot of what we might be if we stay on the same trajectory with the rising number of coronaviruses and they don't look good. I cover this more in depth in, you know, one of my uh, previous podcasts like I've talked about before, but this is what we are seeing in Italy now. Their healthcare system has become overwhelmed by the growing number of cases. Nurses are crashing on their shifts. 
Makeshift beds are being formed on the ground of tents to help people. And the lack of respirators is spiking the death toll while forcing doctors to make emotionally challenging decisions on who to save. Politico reported, quote, in an interview that went viral after it was published in the Italian Daily, Christian Saleroli, an anesthesiologist from a hospital in Bergamo, recounted scenes of wartime triage, where old patients have to be left by the wayside. Quote, The choices made inside of an emergency room used for mass events where only COVID-19 patients enter. If a person is between 80 and 95 and has severe respiratory failure, he probably won't make it. End quote. Really think about the impact that may be having on others. You know, sure, right? Maybe you don't get sick. You might just be a vector. But if you do get sick, and whether or not you spread it to people, you end up in the hospital. If the same thing were to happen in the U.S. that is happening in Italy, you would likely be saved at the expense of others. And that, that doesn't sit well with me, especially if you weren't taking things seriously beforehand. In the U.S., as of today, we have 7,715 active, reported, and confirmed cases. The first case in the U.S. was reported on January 21st in Washington State. Now, roughly two months later, we have a total of 7,715 active cases You guys, this excludes those who have recovered, and it excludes those who haven't been reported. The best time to take active steps and precautions was three months ago. The second best time is now. Ugh, stop fear-mongering. Everyone is just, like, freaking out for, like, no reason. Just chill. Inserts toilet paper meme. Okay, it's not about fear-mongering or inducing panic. It's about being educated, aware, and understanding the broad scope of what happens during a pandemic of this nature. It's about understanding the impact of quick, well-informed, thoughtful reactions, actions that follow. It's not about giving into hysteria and apocalyptic purchasing behaviors, but it's also not about contributing to the downplay of a very real global economic and public health threat. So while it may feel empowering to be facetious and complacent, saying things like, Oh my god, this whole thing is so dumb. Like, it's just like the flu, and it'll end soon. So I'm going to keep doing exactly what I've been doing, and y'all are going to feel so dumb when it does. And I'm just going to feel, like, totally validated. (laughs) Not only is that potentially hazardous for the rest of us that exist alongside you in this society, but it's really setting you up for a problem. Psychologically, 
you are experiencing a very real, very studied, and socially very problematic psychological concept called cognitive dissonance. Because that's simply incorrect. Now we have evidence that it's not, quote, just like the flu. Now we have evidence that it's spreading at alarming rates. And now we have evidence through examples of other countries who have been hit respectively much harder than us. We have evidence of all of that. You guys, it's deeper than hand sanitizer and toilet paper. The examples of other countries could truly be a snapshot of our future if we don't pay attention and start distancing ourselves socially, taking proper precautions and siding with evidence, siding with facts. And if you either don't want to or don't have the ability to process things cognitively, then it's your responsibility to seek out sources that are credible. And it's your responsibility to think about what you say, what you post, what you share before you share it. Because it has an impact. And it's our responsibility, okay? It's our responsibility to check on those who are spreading misinformation or minimizing something that is a giant economic and health threat to ourselves, our community, our country, and our world. And yes, you know what, this can suck because uh, sometimes at least, because that means arguing on social media and arguing on social media can feel like a giant time suck only to have people disregard the facts and evidence we supply them with, right? Um, and I certainly haven't mastered the art of figuring out how to get people who are deeply rooted in irrational beliefs to see the light. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue doing my part by trying to say respectful and spread facts as best as I can. You know, cite sources, check people who are out of line lovingly and respectfully, but sometimes with blunt communication. So while it may psychologically help people cope with the reality by minimizing and facetiously poking fun at this very real issue, and by spreading questionable information from very unreliable sources as though they are fact, it's completely unhealthy and unsustainable as a way of living on both macro and micro levels. You know, the blessing, and I know I'm kind of going on a riff here, but stay with me, guys. The blessing and the curse about social media is that it's uh, currently designed, you know, to surround us in this relatively safe bubble. You know, we're surrounded by a bubble of people who are like us. They think like us. They share the same interests, political views. They like the same memes, whatever, right? But that can be problematic because then we become insulated and it feeds this idea that everyone is like us, you know, and it emboldens us to feel like we are right even when we are in fact wrong. And what's scarier than that? The spread of misinformation. Combine all of those things, and you guys, we got ourselves a proper maelstrom. Simply, our actions affect one another, especially during this time. 
It is your civic and moral duty to pay attention and seek facts. It is your civic and moral duty to protect the most vulnerable of our society by examining your role in all of this. And it's your civic and moral duty to not be a harm to society. You know, I have an article, and I didn't write it. Someone with a breadth of knowledge far greater than mine wrote it. And it has a ton of facts and a ton of graphs and a lot of visual things. So you can see the trajectory of the virus itself. Some scientists and analysts and what they think and how it's going. And it's super great information. And I have that link on my website in this article. And if you read that or you send it to someone who isn't paying attention, the studies in there, if that doesn't disprove any of their comments, downplaying the imperativeness of paying attention now, for example, flattening the curve versus later, then unfortunately, likely nothing will. Cognitive dissonance is alive and well in times like these, unfortunately. Resist the urge to be rooted in disproven beliefs. It never works out in the end. And I rarely say never. It never works out in the end. And we have a trove of anecdotal evidence to support this. Here's my final request. Stay educated. Stay informed. Seek facts. Don't panic. But also, don't be rooted in selfish complacency and ignorant. Please. Yes, okay, I know it's um, annoying or frustrating, confusing, maybe even scary that you can't find hand sanitizer at the store or medicine or even supplies for your child. It's problematic in more ways than what we may personally feel right now. It goes deeper and myopia seems to be the big problem for us as members of this society. Many of us only see what's right in front of us, maybe because we either lack the desire or capability to understand the far-reaching effects, but that's dangerous indeed. We don't need to be, you know, running around with our hair on fire buying 70 packs of toilet paper, but we do need to pay attention and alter our behaviors. Things are not the same, so we shouldn't be behaving as if they are. And if you feel as though the novel coronavirus is nothing or that people are freaking out for no reason, I challenge you to really consider what motivates those beliefs. You know, what is motivating you to say or hold on to those disproven beliefs? And I I challenge you to ask yourself one more question. And I challenge you to be honest with yourself. Would any amount of evidence convince you to change your stance? Being perceived as wrong sucks. It really sucks, okay? We've all been wrong before, but it happens. We are human. The real power, the real strength, comes from being able to admit when you have been wrong. You know, that's that type of deeply ingrained confidence and self-love that we all respect. And guess what? That's what you respect too. 
But please, make the adjustment now. Because the deeper you become attached to your disproven belief, the more challenging it becomes to peel yourself away from it. You know, the harder it becomes to say, damn, you know, my bad guys, I didn't realize what was going on because of X and I was wrong. So let's be cautious about this thing and hopefully we can all have COVID-19 just blow on by like Neil deGrasse Tyson said. By the way, by the way, I don't blame you. Uh, with the confusing rhetoric uh, of the government offices, Trump, and many, many others over the months, it's no wonder why so many of us thought it was just a fart in the wind. We were misled by people like Trump and Giuliani and Carson. And that sucks. But now we know better. So now we get to let go of those disproven beliefs and accept reality as it is. You have the ability to be a hero, to change the trajectory of this virus and how many people are killed by it. But you have to act now. Every moment, hour, and day you wait closes the window of opportunity drastically. Let's see how impactful we can be as a generation of thoughtful, intelligent, and community-driven people. Here are my final suggestions. It's only three, okay? Practice social distancing now and stay your butt at home, okay? Not tomorrow, not next week, not an hour from now, right now. Here is my second suggestion. <laughs> Be hyper vigilant about being sanitary. To me, this means cleaning the gas pump before you touch it, cleaning the keypad where you enter your card information and Remember, it's fine if you don't have hand sanitizer. You can just use the isopropyl alcohol spray that I've told you guys about in previous podcasts. You can also create the cleaning solution per the CDC of bleach and water mixed together. And then remember, you got to take the proper precautions with ventilation and blah, blah, blah. And my third final suggestion is stay informed and lovingly check people who are proponents of misinformation. Yes, I know it sucks, but we have to do it. And this doesn't mean shaming and condemning those on Facebook about how ridiculous they are being, no matter how much we want to, right? Unfortunately, that doesn't help people see the light. And there's actually something, um, it's in psychology, it's called the backfire effect. And that actually makes people double down on their irrational or disproven beliefs because they don't want to be humiliated or feel wrong. So, uh, well, especially in front of a digital crowd. So make sure you check people lovingly. Uh, you know, maybe try phrases like, have you considered X? Or, you know, things of that nature. And trust me, guys, okay? I don't want to be taking so much of my time and energy trying to convince others of the very real threats that the coronavirus possesses day after day. But here we are. Ultimately, we have the power and ability to control the trajectory of this coronavirus. Viruses can't reproduce on their own. That's the nature of being a virus. Oddly enough, they lack the ability to reproduce without a host. That's one of the definitions of a virus. So we really do have the power. 
And again, as Neil deGrasse Tyson said, I think we're in the middle of a massive experiment worldwide. The experiment is, will people listen to scientists? In this case, medical professionals? It'd be interesting if we all paid attention to what scientists say and maybe the virus will just blow on by with a minimum of cases and then we kicked its ass for obeying the recommendation of science on how to minimize your chances of getting it. That's it for me. See you guys next time. <laughs>